Hello! Welcome to the Watford Jazz Junction podcast. I'm Chris. And today I'm reviewing the London Jazz Festival. Well, anyone that follows the Watford Jazz Junction on Twitter, at Jazz Watford, will know without doubt that it's the London Jazz Festival this week. Um, and it's one of my favourite times of year for all sorts of reasons, but obviously because there's so much live jazz going on just down the road from where I live. Normally I get this sort of massive sense of FOMO in a festival. You know, for everything you manage to see, there's always something else you wish you could have seen, but not this year. And, as if that's not enough, today is also my birthday. Whoop! Uh, and as I noted a couple of episodes ago, happy birthday to Mornington Lockett as well. And for all other jazzers celebrating the 19th of November as their special day. And indeed, for anyone. Um, I was also inspired uh, by Shabaka Hutchings last night um, in his amazing performance with the Britain Symphonia at the Barbican. So I've got my clarinet out too. Granted, it's a little more uh, Ferris Bueller than Benny Goodman, but I'm going to blow it anyway. It's my birthday. So, Jazz Festival. Go to efglondonjazzfestival.org.uk and you'll soon realise there's a veritable smorgasbord of streams that are available to watch and indeed catch up on, so you don't miss out on now. I think a lot of the streams might start disappearing in the coming week, Um, whatever, so get amongst it while you still can. And not least, uh, the gross majority are free to watch. It's just awesome to take in these sets. Some are just like, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes long, and others are pushing 90 minutes, sort of whatever floats your boat. Um, You get to enter clubs and venues where you might not have been before, and indeed (laughs) uh, the occasional musician's living room, which I found hilarious. Anyway, front seat of the audience every time, and you won't be blocking anyone's view. And no one's going to tell you to shh. Honestly, honestly, I was in um, a club a couple of years ago, and I'm a big respecter of musicians and not chatting while they play. But, for the record, we were watching the average white band. And they were going for it in their finale, you know. Everyone was on their feet. And I got this little finger tapped me from behind. <laughs> and uh, shh. I mean, really, I couldn't... What? I had to smile, but that was not the time for earnest jazz introspection. It was a, it was a jazz party. Right, uh, all over the shop today. As I say, I'm overexcited. But back to now. So... Where should I start? Well, Saturday night, I'll start with. Uh, at my kitchen table, um, looked like a NASA control desk. I think I had three devices going on, plus my telly in the background, giving me more simultaneous jazz than I could shake uh, Steve Gadd's shaker at. I realised I could have turned the radio on too, uh, but I would have just blown my, my jazz brain. Um, so it all started on Friday, uh, and I'm going to review the jazz voice, for starters. It's a bit of a ritual event that kicks off the festival, and the lovely Guy Barker um, arranges the entire show, and there's always a few new pieces in there. A guy, I've noted, is now sporting long locks. Uh, and, you know, to my eye, that's one lockdown haircut that's really worked. In fact, I go so far as to say he's gone a bit David Ginola. Anywho, the band were all looking great too, uh, including Ed Richardson on drums. Um, uh, and I'll pull him out because he then made an impromptu appearance the next day in a Zoom call I was having. But I've decided to forgive him for cropping up, despite the fact that he was in his dressing gown and it was mid-afternoon. But if Dizzy Gillespie can play tennis in his underpants with a cigar in hand, then a jazz drummer is fully legit to appear online in his morning garb. So, 
Jazz Voice. I'm going to give it 30 out of 30. Uh, this is using my new Strictly Come Dancing line scoring technique. Uh, and obviously I get to represent all three judges and have the 30 points to offer. The singers were all outstanding. Um, let's see if I remember. We had Zara McFarlane, uh, Vanessa Haynes, oof, uh, Cleveland Watkiss, um, who Jamoki uh, Fashola noted is actually a great-grandfather. I mean, how? He looks just like 40? Uh, China Moses, uh, David McCalmon, and oh, and the lovely Luca Manning. Beautiful, beautiful voices, all of them. Um, but in great British Bake Off scoring technique now, um, I'm going to give my special judge's handshake to China Moses and Vanessa Haynes. They were consummate, right? Uh, China's version of Trying Times uh, with that unforgettable bass riff just, you know, just had me spellbound. And Vanessa's, uh, Vanessa uh, Haynes's version of On Revival Day, um, I think from, from the early 30s, it just seemed to come from a different time, but also a different place altogether. And if only the congregation had been there to sing, I'm sure they would have been. And also, I just want to give a, sh a special shout out for Winston Rollins on trombone. I mean, just his presence, his vibe, it just seemed to add something to the whole show. Um, all the musicians were awesome as well, all bristling with vim. What, no live audience? It did not show. Then, from Saturday, I'm going to pull out Jazz Deep Dugan. So I hadn't planned to watch uh, Jazz Deep in particular, but the stream appeared, and then I was just hooked to his sitar. Mesmeric, or some fancy word, just doesn't do it justice. It was impossible not to get drawn into the genre-defying moments that he was creating, and he had a pianist at points and a drummer uh, and all sorts going on. Um, but I was taken on a folk journey, a classical journey, a jazz journey, even being reminded of Pink Floyd instrumental breakouts at points, and yet... This was all deeply rooted within him, within within India. Um, and you just ended up watching in this really intimate way, the skill of his hands and his fingers. So he gets 30 out of 30. Now, I'm not gonna drone on about every other gig I've watched uh, because I think, honestly, I think it's more than 30 now, um, but they've included really classic ones, including Tigran Hamasian, uh, the Seed Ensemble, again, here at the Barbican, uh, Bill Lawrence, uh, he was at Ronnie Scott's, and I loved them all. Um, I also listened to in, in, uh, on the radio to an episode of J to Z with Kansas Smitties, including an amazing, um, that's not a very good word, is it? A, a lyrical performance from the sax player Camilla George. Just wonderful phrasing uh, and her use of dynamics. Ah, just have a listen to that. You get it on BBC Sounds. But I am going to review two more gigs uh, which have stood out for me so far. At the point, because we're only midway through the festival. One uh, was Emile Parisienne, um, blasting, that's a good word, his mastery with Vincent Pirani on accordion. I love duos when you end up thinking there are far more people than there are. Um, and just, you know, there's an enormity to their sound. Um, and the sparse setting on stage, uh, presumably filmed just before lockdown uh, in, in Paris, it had an otherworldliness to their sound, loaded to the brim with passion, and felt like a, an overload of Sturm und Drang, French style. 30 out of 30. Or 30 out of 30. Um, so my final review is for Harold Lopez Noosa. Um, I was super lucky to see him, I think it was at the Blue Note, uh, at the very beginning of the year. But wow, the joy that I get from watching him and his brother Roy on uh, drums, unbridled. Uh, in this set, uh, online, uh, he's joined by uh, Mikhail Gonzalez on trumpet, 
and uh, on bass Julio Cesar Gonzalez uh, who I don't think I've really watched in the same way as I watched him when I was watching online which is interesting because I definitely saw him at the beginning of the year but I guess it's the intimacy and the, the proximity with which you can get to the player when it's on a, on, a, on a screen blew my mind what a quartet and you can just tell when musicians are so close and they get each other's cues and all that joy they give each other space they enjoy listening to what their friends are playing and the whole is just greater than the individuals and I know that Harold is the star on the keys and geez I mean he, he really can play but it's the quartet in this uh, stream that took it to the next level for me. Watch, enjoy, I know, pour a rum and coke, mix up a mojito, wada wada wada, 30 out of 30. And finally, I'm going to give a shout out for a talk uh, given uh, by, or hosted by Kevin Legendre with Carleen Anderson and Orphie Robinson on Article 10 um, and the injustices faced around race. Uh, and, and the impact and the response to that from jazz musicians. And talk about jazz junctions. I mean, I've watched the talk twice now, and as a result, I've then gone on and rewatched and listened to all sorts of things that came out to it. So I went back to Apparently Nothing by The Young Disciples, which has, of course, had, uh, I think it was 91 hit, uh, with Carleen uh, singing, <laughs> singing at the front of that band. I think it was on top of the pops. I've just forgotten how much I loved that track. And then Wolf was talking about Linton Kwesi Johnson. I was thinking, you know what, I, I, I know him, but I don't know enough about him. So I then went and downloaded a fantastic documentary film uh, from the BFI website for just one quid. Um, 1979, uh, I don't think these matter, but I think the director was called Franco Rosso. Um, but it's called Dread Beaten Blood. And obviously that's in reference to Linton Kwesi Johnson's uh, seminal uh, British dub poetry album uh, and the music that, that accompanies it and in that film there's this this quote and it's just so because he's quite a young man i guess he's sort of 30 ish um and the way he just says i really want to be part of that struggle when he's talking about responding to the prejudice that he's experiencing every day uh, just wonderful very very powerful stuff uh, and obviously huge respect for everything that, that's then followed from from his work and then um, both Carleen and Orphy were talking about uh, Renell Shaw, um, and he had created a, a suite of music, you know, in reference to Windrush and the Windrush scandal. Uh, but he's gone on. I don't think it's quite a sequel, but it's the next stage, I guess, in his creative process. And it's called Echo in the Bones, and it's on YouTube right now. And I think it's about 40 minutes long. And again, I just immersed myself in it. And I was just thinking how, you know, over the top but you know how blessed you are to, to be able to listen to people and then learn and then go off and discover your own things just fantastic and, and Orphe and Carleen were so just open and honest and sincere uh, so along with Kevin it's 30 out of 30 so that's it for now um, I'm going to do another review at some point after the festival's all wrapped up and I've taken it all in uh, keep the faith keep the jazz um, I'm also hopefully going to be in conversation uh, with the tenor sax player Faye from uh, the free jazz outfit Archipelago, who I caught over the weekend as well. Very excited. And you never know, fingers crossed, I might even get them to the Watford Jazz Junction in May. Whoop, whoop. Obviously, check out www.watfordjazzjunction.com. Check out our Twitters. Check out our Facebooks. I mean, I'm obsessed. I've even set up a LinkedIn page. Wherever you want to access your jazz, wherever you want to get excited, um, there is a space for you online. And hopefully come May, there'll be a space in Watford for all of us to meet up. So wherever you are in the world right now, thank you for listening and take care. Bye. <laughs>